The journey to Bethlehem from Mary and Joseph. Oh, so Mary was engaged to Joseph. Angel came to Mary who told her that she would deliver baby Jesus and that they should name him Jesus. Job Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabriel came to her. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Mary. Yeah, don't freak out, but you're going to have a baby. Yeah, so get walking. Newsman, Mary very confused. Angel said the Holy Spirit would come upon you. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I would have fainted. Joseph, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. Well, I'm pregnant with God's son. That's it. And that I was to name the baby Jesus. Mary, what do you mean you're pregnant? When Joseph heard this, he considered divorcing Mary. Then he came to Joseph in a dream and told him that Mary was pregnant with baby Jesus and that they would name him Jesus. The angel said, Joseph, it's going to be all right. Joseph, you can put in Mary. There was going to be a census going to be taken. Uh, Caesar said that he was going to everyone uh, and so then Mary and Joseph had to travel to Bethlehem so we have to go to Bethlehem Joseph and Mary had to travel to Bethlehem Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem and uh, Bethlehem was a long journey I think it would have taken like several days to get there because they had to walk they didn't have other way of transportation other than riding on the back of a camel or something like that, so it probably would have taken several days. <laughs> My feet hurt. I'm tired of walking. How long is this gonna take? When can I get when can we get there? I just wanna sit down and rest for a while. Are we almost there yet? Ah, my feet hurt. Great, <laughs> when will you stop complaining? <laughs> I want to get food. Pickles and peanut butter. Pizza. I like pickles and steak sauce. Donuts. Really? Yeah, donuts. Or cookies. Or something sweet. They can't pass the There's no room to sit anywhere. They had to stay in a stable. Hey, we don't have any room here. Can you keep moving on? It's full. So you have to leave and go to the barn. Old, and there probably wasn't much room. There were probably more animals in there that probably wouldn't leave them alone. What? There's no room? You're saying that she's about to have a baby and there's no room? You're supposed to stay in the stables? The animals! They're animals! Seriously? That sounds sanitary. 
<laughs> I am not sleeping in a barn for your information. And I will sleep in that hotel whether you like it or not. And this was Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem. Well, good morning. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, we read a story, a pregnancy announcement story, starting with this. In the six months, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. There are many stories in the Christmas story. In a world full of stories, though, we must see the right story. So no, I am not speaking of the Christmas story movie involving the Red Rider carbon action 200-shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock. I would not want any kids to shoot their eye out. Nor are we speaking of Rudolph, Frosty, Elf, or even the Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen, nor the classics we all love, such as A White Christmas or A Wonderful Life. We are talking the greatest Christmas story ever told, a true Christmas story, a miraculous Christmas story, a story which would lead to salvation. We're talking of the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the name which literally means salvation, Jesus our Lord, Jesus our Savior. Jesus came humbly as a baby and would be placed in a manger. Thank you, Pastor Chalk and the families of Bloomer Baptist Church for putting together that sermon series intro video, which you listened to or watched on the recording. That video helps to show us some thoughts that might have gone through Mary and Joseph's head as they found out, oh wow, I'm pregnant, or I'm the husband of one who's pregnant, actually not even a husband yet, or going on this crazy journey to Bethlehem. Thank you for putting on that video. We saw some great facts or details. We saw some great reflections or ponderings or ideas that might have ran through their head. This week, we start a new Christmas series, Journey to Bethlehem. 
In a way, we're going to be looking at the nativity. We're going to be looking at some of these characters that you see before you in this nativity set or that you see in your own home or on the streets in the house yards that you drive by. We're looking to the characters of Christmas, but we're looking to their journey to Bethlehem. And we start today with Mary and Joseph. We're going to ponder what their journey might have looked like. And let me tell you, their journey would not have been an easy one. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually, it would be a hard one. Would you volunteer to be Mary? Would you volunteer to be Joseph? Sure, everyone wants to volunteer to be Mary and Joseph in the Christmas program. But how about in real life? Watch a short video titled, A Christmas Volunteer, to see what I mean. Good evening, everyone. And thank you for being here. This is an incredibly special event, one not witnessed in our lifetime, or ever for that matter. We are here to select the couple that will give birth to and raise the savior of this world. This baby is the one that each of us, all of mankind has been waiting for. He is the Messiah promised and his name will be Jesus. Now, only one couple will be selected, and you should be aware that certain requirements will be asked of you. I will quickly go through the list, and if you choose not to participate, feel free to leave at any time, and thank you for your interest. So here we go. The couple must not yet be married, but engaged, which should be all of you. This sounds crazy, but ladies, you will become pregnant and not by your fiance or any other man. It will be the work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not fully qualified to explain how that will work, so an angel will be coming to do just that. Many won't understand, and you're gonna have to be okay with that. It will be a difficult pregnancy requiring painful travel. In fact, you will deliver in an unfamiliar place far from home. You'll have no place to stay, no hospitals, no doctors, no nurses. You probably assume this already, but it will be a natural birth, no drugs. When the baby's born, you will wrap him in rags and lay him in a box that farm animals eat from. It'll be far from sanitary, but as difficult as it'll be, it will be a joyous time. Our Savior will be here in the form of your son. Then Jesus will grow up, and he'll eventually reveal who he is. He will be perfect, both fully God and fully human. He will show us how to love. He'll heal the sick, and he'll give hope to the weary, which is all of us. But he will also die at a relatively young age and suffer beyond anything we can imagine. And mom, you will watch this happen until the very end. In his final days, he'll be mocked, whipped and beaten to the point you won't recognize your son. He'll be betrayed, accused, and sentenced to be nailed to a cross. As he hangs on that cross in pain, 
He'll even feel that God left him. He'll hang there until he can no longer breathe. So those were the hard parts. Who here is ready to get in line? Even if we could volunteer for this role, we probably wouldn't. It would be too difficult for most, if not all of us. But thankfully, God has already chosen those with whom he found favor to usher in the greatest gift this world has ever been given. A gift in the form of a baby. For unto us is born a baby. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Again, today we start this series of a journey to Bethlehem, our Christmas series for 2020, and I don't know about you, but I am excited to hear of this hope, this love, this peace, this joy, this Christ, this baby, who would be born to save the world. But it would not be an easy journey, now would it? Being Mary and Joseph would not be easy. It would be messy. And let me tell you, their journey, it started way before their journey initially or physically to Bethlehem. But their journeys began at the moment of pregnancy, as a moment far before when God, when God planned this. Would you volunteer to be Mary? Would you volunteer to be Joseph? I believe the decision might be a little bit harder now. You might have to think about it a little bit more now. What would it be like to be Mary and Joseph? Well, let me tell you the principle that I believe they live by, and I believe we should too. Here's the principle that we should live by. The big idea is this. By faith, we trust what we cannot yet see and walk forward trusting in God's guidance. This is all about the journey of Mary and Joseph. They would have to put great trust, great faith in God as they could not yet see what was going to happen with their future. But they knew they could trust in God's guidance. They could trust in his plan. They could trust in his sovereignty. You see, we too, despite not being able to see the future, we by faith walk and trust in him. We trust in his wisdom, in his grand plan, his promise, his prophecies, his guidance, guidance, his greatness. Mary and Joseph would walk by faith, and we should too. But remember that walking by faith in God is not walking alone. He is always with you. Or at least if you have truly trusted in him as Lord and Savior, repented and followed after him with your life. You see, God was working through them and in them, and he wants to work in you and through you as well. Their journey started way before their physical journey to Bethlehem. And I encourage you, read that journey at home. Talk about it with your families, with your kids, with your neighbors, with your friends. Show them the hope that God had in store for them and for Israel and for Jerusalem and for everyone, for the future. Unfortunately, we know not all will follow, but will you follow on this journey? 
Let's read from Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 7, where we read this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, a census for the purpose of taxes and maybe for military registrations, but for these people, specifically more for taxes. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Verse 3, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. This was a crowd, people. This was a lot of people. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house in lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Some important announcements there. David went. And he did not go alone. He went with Mary. Mary was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. So apparently she took this great journey to Bethlehem, but she was pretty far along. She would give birth to her firstborn son and wrap him in swaddling clothes and lay him in a manger because there is no place for them in the inn. No place for them in the inn. And this isn't because, as some people might want to joke, that the innkeeper was just mean, that he was cruel, that he wanted to kick this pregnant lady to the streets. No, the inn was crowded. The inn was overcrowded. Which makes me already think, with the inn being overcrowded and had no room for Jesus, how about our lives? You see, too many of our lives are also overcrowded with so many things, and we leave no room for Jesus, no space for him, and we need to free a room. Mary and Joseph walked by faith. Through all the stories of their journey, we see faithfulness. Mary and Joseph are important characters of the Christmas story, the real one, the one about Christ, not the Red Ryder BB gun, obviously because they are the earthly parents of Jesus. But what else do we know about them? What else do we know about their journey and their faithfulness and their trust in God? Well, we see that they both had strong faith, and they demonstrated this strong faith by their obedience to the will of God, to his plan. And their willingness to be misunderstood, condemned, persecuted, possibly even killed because of their obedience to be servants of the Most High God. We can see this in several instances. When Mary is informed that she will become pregnant by God's Holy Spirit, her response is one of obedience. Verse 38 of Luke chapter 1 says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Despite rumors that might happen, despite stoning that could happen, that was a legit persecution or penalty for somebody becoming pregnant out of wedlock before marriage. She could have been stoned to death. But despite any consequences, any of the circumstances, she would say, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She would put trust in. In God, in his plan, in his sovereignty, in his guidance. The same is true for Joseph. Even though at first he was going to do his best to protect Mary's life, he planned to cancel their wedding. But when the angel told him not to be afraid, 
Joseph trusted God and did not abandon Mary. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, we read, When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. This would take great faith, great courage for both of them. Would you volunteer to take their place? The Christmas story is a messy one. Everything about it just seems messy. The journey would be hard. The timing, the weather, the time of year, the terrain, the journey, the situation as a whole. They were not prepared, nor, nor would we be. No hospital, no doctor or midwife was present. Instead, in place of a doctor or midwife, there was probably mud, hay, animal feed, and other things, um, droppings all around them. But it was all in God's plan. You see, God sovereignly led them to where they needed to be and at the right time to fulfill Micah's prophecy. God used Augustus and Quirinius in the census order in order to fulfill his plan. God uses the world. God uses our country. God uses these people. God uses you and me. God uses the imperfect to do his perfect will. This was all God's plan. And this was what we needed. And God knew it. We needed this messy love, this messy plan, because our lives are messy and filled with sin. As Pastor Tony Evans said this week in a quote I found, he said, if Jesus was willing to enter the musty mess of a manger, he is willing to enter any scenario of your soul. So let him in. He was there. And he is here. Let him into your lives, every part of it. Let him rule. Let him save. Humbly come before him. Let's look to see what we might learn from the story of Mary and Joseph's journey. You see, Jesus came to a virgin mother, mother, an adoptive father, into a broken world. And Jesus comes in the same ways today. Jesus uses the most unexpected of people and situations for God's will and glory. Jesus will enter your life at any time. Are you willing to include him in all your time? In all your scenarios, will you look to him? Will you allow him to guide you, just like Mary and Joseph? He will use you in your situations, just like them. But will you allow them? Will you volunteer? Mary and Joseph walked by faith. The journey would be hard, as we said before. Let's talk about that for a moment. It would be hard timing. I mean, Mary is with child and apparently very far along. This wasn't exactly the best timing for a journey. Hard weather. This time of year was not the best time for travel. It wasn't exactly the middle of spring or summer. Hard terrain. It's estimated that this was between 70 and 90 miles of mixed terrain travel. This would be no easy trip. They estimate it could have possibly been as early as three or four days of travel, but I doubt that. It could have also been up to weeks of travel, depending on the method of travel used and their physical health conditions. Need I remind you, Mary's pregnant. How many stops along the way would she need some pickles and peanut butter or some other cravings or some food? Some nativity scenes show that the method of travel could have been a donkey. 
or a camel, maybe a horse, or maybe she rode in a caravan and in a wagon being pulled. After all, again, she was pregnant and they would have had a lot to travel with. Think about all the food and the supplies for a long journey of 70 to 90 miles. They weren't exactly traveling light or by comfort. No limousines, no fancy Lincoln Navigators or Chevy Suburbans, no fancy air ride suspensions. They would need to walk by face as they journeyed to Bethlehem through an environment of lions, bandits, thieves, snakes, and other dangers. It reminds me of the Wizard of Oz, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, but seriously, this was not an easy journey. This was a hard journey, and they would walk by faith. They would do what was right. And we, too, need to walk by faith and do what is right by God today. All our choices should honor and glorify Him, point to Him, shine His light to Him, just like that star you see in that slide before you. We, too, walk through dangerous and perilous times. The timing may be bad. We may be in a hard time. The weather around us, we may be living in a storm. We may be living in wintry, frigid conditions and feel like we can't stand anymore. We may feel like the terrain is hard and we're walking through deserts of life or up and down mountains. And then we get this little beautiful valley and before we know it, it's gone. But through all the times of life, through your journey here, we need to still follow God. Keep God in the journey because he wants to be in the journey with you. Follow his journey, his plan. And let me tell you, we have a misconception of what God's journey for us often is. You see, many of us have a false conception that God is leading us into this journey, which will be easy, comfortable, and make sense. But sometimes we need to trust and understand that he knows what is best for us. And it is in our hardships when we're out of our comfort zones, that God uses us most and is most glorified. God has a journey for you. But we need to make sure that God stays at the center of our journeys, that he's right there with us. Don't go on your own journey. Keep him in, in the middle. And then we move on in this story. Then the child came. And I'm not talking about the child from the Mandalorian. I am talking about Jesus. Jesus is born. Prophecy is fulfilled. The child who would grow up to save God's people and someday set up his everlasting kingdom. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. The Messiah, the Christ, Prince of Peace, King of Kings, the Son of God has arrived. John MacArthur said that in this birth, God entered human society as an infant. The creator of the universe became man, became flesh. The eternal word became flesh and dwelt among us, John 1.14. Jesus would, be, would come and be born in a manger. And by the way, this was not a silent night, <laughs> or was it? I guess in some ways you could say it, but, but I think of a silent night, and I think of pregnancy, and I think having a baby, and I think of screaming, and I think of, oh, pain. But at the same time, it was a silent night in that this king, this God was being born as a baby in a manger. 
And at this moment, maybe later, but at this moment, I don't see any trumpets. I don't see any relatives visiting. I don't see gifts awaiting him. I don't see this magnificent announcement that the king is here. No doctors, no hospital, no midwife, no pampering. He wasn't being born as a king or as a god. He was stepping down in a lowly birth. Now, all those announcements, those gifts, those, that attention might come later, but not yet. Jesus came at what, would some, what, what some would say to be the worst of times and in the worst ways. But it was God's way, and it was the perfect way. There was no end. There was no hospital. He was born during Roman rule, oppression. God would show his control even during this time and how he used the order of this census, this registration, in order to fulfill his prophecy, his will, his plan. God's promises would come to be and prophecy would be fulfilled. Jesus would come. The child is born. But not how any child should be born. Not how we would expect, but in a manger. A manger, which literally translates a place animals feed. Jesus came not as a king might expect to come. He came in humility. All this so that we might have a future life with God in heaven. You see, Jesus came to serve us. Matthew 20, 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came not as a king, but as a servant and as a baby. And Mary and Joseph, they served God's plan. They served this baby Jesus who would come to serve us. And we too should consider, how do we serve him now? This king, this Jesus, this God who came to save us, how do we now serve him because of our salvation? What evidence is there of your faith you've placed in him? Of your following. Do we come in humility before him? One pastor said, before there is glory, there must be humility. Have you been humbled? This is the way the kingdom of God operates. Jesus came in humility. And we too need to be humbled and come before him in humility. Recognize and acknowledge before him our sin our troubles, our weaknesses, and allow him to use those things for his glory and for his plan. If God can come humbly as an infant in a manger, how are we to come before him? Mark 10, 31 says, The first will be last, the last first. Or James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. James 4, 10 says, Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Jesus came in humility, a lowly birth. The king of creation who deserved honor and glory was born in the humblest of circumstances. Or as one said, poverty and hardship marked the nativity. Another pastor said, true greatness is not always visible greatness. I love that. True greatness is not always visible greatness. The fact that there is no room for, jo- for Jesus in the end is symbolic for what was to happen to him. The only place there would be room for him would be a cross. From the time of his birth, he was destined for the cross. This was greatness for us. But wait, we're getting ahead of ourselves, aren't we? Let's go back and look to the face of Mary and Joseph. 
through their journey and to see what can we learn from this journey. What applications might we apply to our life? Remember that big idea I told you earlier? By faith. We trust what we cannot yet see and walk forward trusting in God's guidance. This was Mary and Joseph. They would continue to walk in faith and trust in God's plan, his guidance. And we can and should still do this today as well. Here's my first application for you. Whenever we are faced with uncertain futures, we can fully expect that Jesus will fulfill his promise of salvation and care. So by faith, trust his plan. Walk forward by his guidance. We can look at Mary and Joseph's journey and see that they did not always understand. They did not know what the future would hold, but they did not allow this to keep them from walking forward in accordance with God's plan. How do you know God's plan? How do you trust upon him? How do you know what his guidance is? Read his word. Study the Bible daily, multiple times a day. Be in communication with him through prayer. Be connected to his church, a body of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. Seek out wise guidance, biblical guidance, biblical counsel. Don't follow the ways of the world, follow the ways of God. Next, in application, even when we do not understand God's will and plan, follow him. Follow him as Mary said in that first scripture point, in Luke 26 to 38, and Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary did not know what this future would look like. Yes, she knew a little bit. And I'm sure she was questioning a lot in her head. But she would serve God. Despite anything else, she would serve God. And we must too. Number three, even when we may fear our future, still trust in his future for us. Look beyond today and look to the tomorrows. Look to the eternal future with him and trust and be joyous. Be hopeful. See his love. Number four, even when we are troubled, we can, can and should still praise the Lord above. Serve him with our life. Serve him with our life. Mary, and we didn't get to read this, but after this birth announcement, after this pregnancy announcement from Gabriel, she praised the Lord. She praised the Lord for using her to serve him. We too, during these times, can and should still praise God for using us. But that brings us back to the question, will you volunteer for a journey to Bethlehem? Would you volunteer to be used by God in such a magnificent and crazy, messy way? Would you volunteer? We should lay our lives down and serve him now, just as Jesus served us then and still today. Here's some closing assignments and thoughts, starting with this. We did not get to read all of the journey to Bethlehem from Mary and Joseph, so I encourage you to read these scriptures with your families. Do it today. Do it right after lunch. Do it at the lunch table. I know you all have a Bible app on your cell phones. If you don't... <laughs> Maybe you need to make some room and delete some of them games and pictures and put a Bible app on there. Read Matthew 1, 18 to 25, Joseph's story of the news from the angel telling him of 
Mary's pregnancy and his plan for, the, for him. Read Luke 1, 26 to 56, the full story of Mary's announcement and her visit to Elizabeth in her song of praise. Luke 1, 26 to 56. And then finally, read Luke 2, 1 through 7 again, what we read today about their journey to Bethlehem. And that's only part of the story, and I, need, I know that. You can stop there or you can prepare for next week. We're going to get into the story of the shepherds and the angels and the wise men and Jesus' birth later on this month. But read these, Matthew 1, Luke 1, Luke 2, and ponder what this would have looked like. Reflect upon it. But as you ponder and you reflect, make sure you stay true to the word of God. Look for the facts. Ponder these scenes, though. What would this have been like? Would your feet hurt? Would you be riding a camel, a donkey, in a wagon, maybe a caravan of wagons? Would you be alone or with friends? Would you have taken the journey with your husband? Would you volunteer? Would you ask questions? Would you say, okay, God, I am a servant of yours and I will do your bidding? Or would you say, but God, I don't want to. Would you trust in his plan? That, that just begs for the question, do you trust him now? Because God still has a plan. God still has a journey for you. And God has a place for you. Sure, they asked questions, and we can ask questions too. We can seek understanding of his plan through his word and through prayer and through wise biblical counsel. But in the end, we still need to have faith, walk in faith, and trust in him and his guidance. Remember, by faith, we trust what we cannot yet see and walk forward by God's guidance. God has a journey for you. Just like Mary and Joseph had a journey to Bethlehem, you too have a journey to do God's plan. We're not of this world. Just as Jesus was not of this world, we need to start living for him in his world. Walk in his light. Walk in the light of Christ. Show this light to the world. He has spoken. Let it be done. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this baby Jesus. We thank you for the journey that Mary and Joseph took for your will, for your plan, for the plan that would save your people. And Lord, we pray as we look to December and we look to the hope, the peace, the love, the joy to the Christ that we might allow our lives to be changed forever and ever. Amen.